Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Just a massive thank you before we start to whoever you are listening to this. Just a word of warning, we do this podcast three times a week, but we're not always sure which day it's going to be on. So the only way to keep your finger on the pulse and listen to the latest episode is to subscribe, get notifications. Why not drop us a review while you're there? Right, enough of that. Let's talk some rugby. I'm Ben James. I'm joined by Andy Howell on today's podcast. Um, it's been a nice, quiet Sunday, I suppose. Uh, Wales, 4 from 4 now in the World Cup. They've beaten Uruguay, which I guess we expected they would. Uh, that means they've threw as Paul D winners, but it wasn't um, what you'd call smooth sailing, was it? No, it wasn't a pretty match. Uh, you know, it was only 7-6 half-time. Wales are very scrappy. Full of loads of error in a game, basic skills let them down. Adlin probably bombed five try scoring chances, maybe more. Uh, I Alan Maymas, the winger, he could have scored a hat trick of tries, but he had three disallowed. Um, um, one was a forward pass at the second time, arguably overrun a pass, and then third time, I don't know if he was showboating because it wasn't a defender in sight. And he put a spectacular dive in for the corner and lost the ball. So I'm sure he'll be getting some ribbing off his teammates and perhaps a few fines. Indeed. Um, they made 13 changes for this match. Uh, people say that maybe this was a, a chance for some a lot of players to put their hand up for a quarter-final place. That was probably never really the case, was it? I think Wales are fairly settled in their starting 15, but certainly a few players would have had a chance to uh, impress, but... I think it, was, it would have been an opportunity for Adam Beard. He was one of the mainstays of the yeah, Six Nations yeah, Grand have. Slam. Of course, he had his appendix out so uh, when he recently arrived in uh, Japan. So he needed a big uh, game to put pressure on uh, Jake Ball, who's come in and done really well at lock. But just didn't happen for Beard. Uh, looked a bit uh, rusty. So I think you can scrub him off as a potential uh, start against France in the quarterfinal. Um the only player I thought really put his hand up to to, to face France was Lee Halfpenny. I thought he had a commanding performance at fullback, uh, dealt with everything at uh, Uruguay, threw at him, run the ball back, linked well with his uh, uh, teammates when he had the chance to pass. He you know straightened and passed, and uh, and also interestingly, Wales were using him as their primary goal kicker, even though they had Reese Patchell on the side, which suggests to me that maybe Halfpenny will at least be on the bench against the French, because I can't see... I know you disagree with this, Ben, but I can't see why you would have a half-penny goal kick in the day if if he's not going to be involved at all against France. I just think when half-penny plays for Wales, he's first-choice goal kicker. Simple as that. I, I don't think there's anything more to it than that. I think, you know, half-penny and Patrick play today, so half-penny goal kicks. Um, I don't, you know... I, I don't think they're worried about Reese Patchell's goal kicking. Reese Patchell will be on the bench next week. Dan Bigger will start. Fitness permitted. You know what I'm saying, now. I, I get what you're I'm saying. I'm talking about yeah, rhythm. Well, if, Patchell, if Patchell's been in a good kicking rhythm, let, let him carry on. Let him you know, keep that scoreboard ticking over against Uruguay. Yeah, yeah, I, I do get that. Um, but, yeah, I just think, you know, it's always been the case that when Halfpenny's played, he kicks. So, maybe to an extent... He needs that, you know. We, we, so, so, so we, we say half penny did start next week and biggers at ten. Who would you expect a goal kick? I would say half penny. Um, well, ironically, half penny's actually missing a few more kicks recently than we've probably ever seen him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd be interesting one because they are both top goal yes, kickers. It's interesting, you know. I think you know, like you remember obviously when Reese Priestland had a bit of a rough time in the Wales jersey, and we 
that's when Halfpenny took over the goal kicking and it was sort of, you know, explained as being, well, it, this allows Reese to just focus on his game. To an extent, I sometimes, you know, maybe with, with Halfpenny, given the sort of professional, like the player he is, having the goal kicking duty does help him. Helps him, yeah, helps his game. So I think there's maybe an element of that to it. Um, unless there is a fitness concern to George North, which there could be it doesn't seem like it at the minute but you never know that's what exactly you know extent of it quotes yeah. quotes are coming out in in the press conferences but we'll have to wait and see mm. uh, yeah unless there's a fitness concern to George North I don't see Halfpenny being in the 23 which is I suppose it's 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 a, it's, he, it's it's harsh on he, him and it's unfortunate but of course that could as well be covered by other injuries because we don't you know Jonathan Davis potentially that's true that's had a yeah. serious injury so of course if Davis can't play Walking starts and yeah, half pennies and starts and half pennies going to have to be in the um, yeah. on a bench because North would have to cover George North would have to cover centre. Yeah, but if if Davis and North are fit, yeah. I don't see because I think they'll go with North obviously and Davis to start, and they'll give that final bench think, spot to Owen Walking. Don't think they consider dropping North. He had a lot of stick got fans, but I don't think it's just fans. he's had just he's had him. a lot of stick. But as we said on the last podcast, I he should go looking for the ball more, no doubt about it. But are, I, I was interested. Are, are Wales are Wales using him as best as they can? I don't know, but I was interested to read Amos's pre-match interview. Alan Amos played a day on the wing, and his pre-match interview was saying that Welsh players are going to turn up. The Welsh wingers are told to turn up a first receiver and uh, and and take the ball. So if they told that, why doesn't George do it often? I don't know. It's something he used to do in his career. Um, it's an yeah, you know, it's an interesting. We'll have to keep watching. You, you do wonder. Sometimes with, with with the way Wales play, and they holding things back. You know, we saw them move away from using sort of George North as a battering ram in the summer, didn't they? And then they started neglecting Josh Adams seemingly, and now suddenly in the World Cup, everything's coming down his wing. So it, it, it goes like that, doesn't it? It does to an extent, but then you know, it, they they don't seem to be looking to use George North as well as they could. But then he should be looking for the ball as himself. It, you know, it's a, it's a vicious cycle and. I suppose maybe as a, as a winger, if you get stuck out on the touchline, you do sort of lose a bit of confidence, don't you? And you don't you don't you don't go looking to expose yourself as much. Adam's got his usual try today. Then that's five in the World Cup. Got yeah. a, I mean it was a walk-in day, but excuse me, but you got you got to say it. The guy is a lethal finisher. You compare his finishing to how Amos is, and it's a different world. Yes, um, a little harsh on Hal Amos, but. Um, Three chances gone today, and in a pass it, because Adams got two, Adams two, is two, like a, two of those chances were forward passes, yeah. and I know he you're overrun gonna, the second one. I know you, even if even if you overrun it, it's a simple pop pass. Like I know, but if you overrun it, is that why the packs pass forward because the guy was actually in front of him? I don't know. I know. But well, anyway, I was going to compare. I was going to pay Josh Adams to a top class football striker. He certainly knows where the back of the net is and how to find it. Yeah, that's that is true. He's um, got a bit. He's got more pace than Amos. Amos, if Amos was a yard quicker, he'd be really, you know, he'd be perhaps a top line player. Yard, two yards, maybe. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen some people. Well, some people be on to me on Twitter criticizing Hal Amos for for you know for the forward passes. At the end of the day, Hadley Parks is throwing the forward passes. I know he's overrun it, but it's a pop pass. It, if you give it flat. At the end of the day, all Hal Amos has to do is, if he's overrun it, as long as he's not carrying too much momentum and his hands aren't too bad, you just you're just reaching six inches behind you. He hasn't he hasn't overrun it massively. 
you know, I, I, Hadley, I think I, Hadley Park is a, both of them. Yeah, Hadley Park is a brilliant player for Wales, and Which the, posi- good today, the, the positives outweigh the negatives. Yeah. Well, Gatland spoke about him well because I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, when when they. I think the positives outweigh the negatives, and what he does give you is he gives you he can cut a line in midfield, yeah. which n- no other midfield option can cut. Um, and when Wales used that well today, was in the build-up to the first try, which is when they actually built concerted pressure. Um, Uruguay could have had a yellow card, but it was just consistent pressure. After that, they never really did that, um, which was disappointing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was uh, very uh, scrappy, really. You know, you expect Wales to... Wales started fast and all were on top uh, for quite a while, but, of course, they weren't turning that superiority into points. And uh, now Uruguay back in a bit. Let's give Uruguay some credit, though, because they are, uh, you know, they're no mugs. Uh, Well-organised, got some... Actually, they got some really good players, and uh, they tried to play a bit of rugby as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I've been impressed with them this World Cup. They've hugely exceeded my expectations. I thought, yeah, I thought Uruguay played well. They they were defensively sound when they had the ball. They they didn't do much, but they looked to just sort of do do things well. You know, like kick well, do the basics. Wales felt like they just well they they overplayed, hmm. but they, 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 they were just naive almost, weren't they? They, they looked to. They look to be a bit too clever when it, you know, you look at the Nicky Smith try, you just, just pick and go, pick and go, pick and go, pick and go. Sometimes that's the best way. You know, I think Sam Warburton said at halftime, didn't he? When you play sort of tier two nations, you feel like you've got to play, play and break them down that way. When sometimes the best way to play them is to just treat them as if they are Australia, kick to the corners and, and just, you know, play a normal game. I don't think Wales did that today, did they? No. No, not for sure. You know, if anything, they give uh, you would go help in hand. But yeah, ac- accuracy didn't help, did it? Um, no, was no. it ten? At least ten. It was double figure handling to uh, well, handling yeah, errors. Yeah, poor, wasn't it? Some basic. Some of the passes they actually did go to hand weren't like, clever either. I thought re- re- recycling wasn't great either. I thought Wales. No, I thought actually that you were going to really well at the breakdown. Yeah, Wales. You know, Justin Tippett's really quiet today. Yeah, captain Wales for the first time. Pretty anonymous, to be honest. Uh, Wales actually got done at the breakdown if you look at the turnovers or not well yeah. obviously you had Tiprick likes to play out in the wide channels he he sort of <laughs> loitered around there Shingler did the same mm. he won bad man Shingler yeah he, he was good out there but I just wonder what were sort of what, what do you, were too many of the loose forwards looking to sort of play out wide before doing the basics you know the amount of times that Wales, a, a ball carrier took the ball in and then suddenly Alid Davis is trying to clear out the ruck because there's no other support and I don't think I don't think Ali Davis had a good game, game by any means. I mean, not not many people did if you if you're being objective. But I, you know, I thought Wales's speed of the ball was was really really poor today. And while that's not all Ali Davis's fault, no. I feel like his service certainly doesn't help. Mm, yeah, possibly. But it was, the ball was something. Yeah, it was just slow ball, slow recycling. Um, pay the speed. How slow that recycling was to the, the recycling in Jap- Japan Scotland match. That's true. World, yeah, you know. I think you know Japan. Obviously, really good presentation, but yeah, Scotland are good research. Even if you're even if you're working off fairly slow ball, I think you should look. You should know as a scrum half. You know, a lot depends on then how you use that ball. So, someone like Thomas Williams is, even if it's fairly slow ball, he's quick to the ruck, picks it up, takes a half step, little snipe, keeps the flankers and and the oh. guards honest, and then you know. He, he can either give a pass or he can snipe himself, and so he, he took a bit to get into it, man. When he, he came did. on, some missed passing was a bit rope. But a- as well, Alid for me just mm. 
he takes a step, but he's never really keeping the guards honest, and so it just allows the defense to just well, it allows them to blitz without really having to concern themselves with Alan Davis. So it's just yeah, yeah. you're identifying the next target, and so I think some some of his passing was a little bit high as well, and. I don't, just, just for me, I don't, I don't think. Some of Patrick's, uh, Reese Patrick's distribution was mixed as well. Bit of a mixed bag, at times. Yeah. Well, the um, way that's some Welsh hand. Exactly. Yeah, it did. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, you could, you can go through the whole back line probably apart from. Half-penny. Well, obviously the wings don't really do too much distribution, but yeah, apart from Halfpenny, when you look at link-up players, everyone else, you know, Parks obviously had his forward passes. Owen Watkin, he, he had a few sort of missed passes that went. To ground rather than to hand. Um, also, I don't. I'm not keen on his depth. I think he's very good in defence, which he shows off the bench. But in terms of depth, I, I think he, he still gets it a little wrong when he's playing at 13. Which I think is probably just a case of he's a bit sort of tarred in the fact that he can play 12 and 13, but I think he's a 12. So I just think he, you know, so where's got problem that is Jonathan Davis is not fit for the quarterfinals. Yeah, I think I think Owen Walken is a natural twelve who just can also play thirteen. Well, but he's it, still it's quite not. raw and inexperienced. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's like it's more of him, even it's at tough level. It's tough on him, isn't it? If you are like a, a raw twelve coming through a test level and you're playing thirteen, you know it's it's not it's not ideal for you. Um, but let's switch to the forwards then. Yep. What about the experiment of playing Aaron Wayne right at number eight? Um. Obviously, he dropped the ball over the line, which wasn't ideal. Uh, the one thing that we wanted to see more from him, I think, is ball carrying. Um, I can't remember how many times he would have carried today. I don't know, was it a, a major number? I don't know, but he did carry. He but wh- what I thought is, he, what he's really good at is he always manages to step step out of the first bit of trouble. So he's he's never really getting caught on the back foot. He's always managing to step... Even if yeah. it's you know half a yard or past something, contact, yeah. and he just gets past contact initially. There was one scrum where I think I don't know Ryan Elias must have absolutely booted it when it came out because it came flying out the back <laughs> of the scrum like uh, set. yeah, like incredibly. But Aaron Wainwright got back and he stepped back onto the front foot and got Wales going again. So uh, that was pleasing. I think yeah, as a whole, I say that the the back row played out in the wide channels. They were fairly industrious. Um, I thought Bradley Davis showed up fairly well. Bradley, he's like watching a barbarian. Yeah, he was uh, he was mobile. Conan a barbarian. Um, I'm not not so keen on him carrying the ball in one hand all the time, to be honest. Uh, he's got big hands, man. He like shows. He has, yeah. It looks like someone carrying a tic tac, doesn't it? Oh. It's you know that's what when when locks start carrying the ball like that, it's um, well, it's like Leon Nakawara, isn't it? But um, yeah, he, he looked all right. Most impressive thing though today was the umph who came off the bench. Thought at forward, thought Elliot D, Ross Moriarty. And James Davis made a major impact. Yeah. Real. D with his leadership, which was, I thought, were lacking. Leadership, industry, and, uh, you know, enthusiasm. Knows what he's doing. He's good. But he's, and, he's quite, and he's dynamic. And also, uh, James Davis run really well in the white channels. I'll tell you what he and hasn't Moriarty got. Moriarty actually did a lot of carries today. He's really put himself in the frame to start against yeah. France. I'll tell you what James Davis hasn't got credit for. In the game against Fiji and the game today, there have been two occasions where Wales have been sort of, well, the opposition have broken on the open side and he's managed to get back and make a key tackle. He did it against Fiji. I think someone I think someone yeah, sold someone sold George North for a dummy and uh, uh, broke away. 
James Davis gets back, makes the key tackle today. Thomas Williams kicked loose, didn't he, from a box kick. Yeah. Uruguay chipped it over the, the chase. They had like a, it was like a four on one, wasn't it? Great pace by James Davis. And James Davis gets well. back, makes the you know, makes the tackle from from behind and just kills the attack off. A lot of people were down on him for his performance the other day. Um I suppose, you know, you, you see the fact that he had a, a yellow card for a breakdown infringement and maybe a couple of other breakdown penalties and you get down him, but you know, he's he's not just in Tipperick, but I think he's he's a good player. Though. He's a good player and he, he, I don't think he deserves to be sort of so down on it. Well, where's on him and uh, down on him because the our man who did the rate is giving him an eight, I believe. Is that right? I think it was an eight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say it was. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was an eight, but <laughs> but he wasn't sort of a five point five, which I saw elsewhere. Uh, he was a seven, and then yeah, today off the bench he looked good. Um, do you think he'll play against France? So actually, let's talk about France because that's that's next. We know what's next now. We it's all been yeah, confirmed. At the end of the day, Ben, we can talk all we all we want about Uruguay, but this match will soon be put to bed. We've all forgotten about it. You know, be exactly. just one of the Wales. You just you know, just look at the score. Wales won that match for thirty-five, thirteen. No one will ask a question. What was it like? So I think all concentration is on uh, on uh, France, and I you know expect Gatlin to revert to the. Um, to the team, or the, uh, or maybe maybe a slight tinkering with the um, lineup for the uh, first couple of ma- first few matches: Georgia, Australia, Fiji. So, given that they played the f- same starting eleven for the first two matches, what changes, if any, would you expect? I think Moriarty has got a chance of playing instead of Wainwright. I would Wainwright. I think. I think Navidi's got to play. Oh, Navidi, yeah, he's definitely in my book. He's got to play, yeah. Yeah, so whether you start Moriarty at eight or six, not sure. Um, but you know, as we talked about the other day, once away from the scrum, doesn't matter what number you're wearing, really six, seven, or eight. You know that, uh, or certainly six or eight, you do the same job in a loose Probably, really. play, Mori- probably play Moriarty at eight, mm. certainly for the scrum. Mm. I think Moriarty's is, is he obviously came on in other matches. I think and he played against Fiji. I think Moriarty's improving as the tournament goes on. And he's getting more. He's getting more revved up for the business end of it. So I still got this impression he's a big match player. Yeah, because um, I, I expected a bit more from him in the opening games when he was on the bench. Hmm. I thought he'd come on like you know, like like the sort of well, a, a bull in a china shop and just yeah, start. Sometimes though, they can have if you're a sub or whatever. Can have it depends. Sometimes on a person you can be a bit subdued by it. Yeah, you know, you but, can say, maybe you know, maybe even some people sulk, don't they? Give, I'm not given, saying Moriarty has, but, but like, given given the craft is, you'd think that would be like, you know, mm. light in the touch paper underneath him, sort of, you know, really spur him on, and maybe it did, maybe it didn't, but it didn't it didn't feel like it did. But then you know, the Fiji game, he made that big break, um, and he looked good for it. Look it off the bench today. Yeah, you can't pick a team just on one break. I still think they'll stick. I think they'll stick with the pack row. I think Wayne Wright's Wayne Wright's look really good, and I think they'd be yeah, happy. A nice balance. I think they'd be happy to get the fifty minutes out of Wayne Wright, which they'll probably mm. get, and then bring Moriarty on for thirty minutes against the French. What they may consider is can they get more out of Moriarty as a starter, and you can get still get as much out of Wayne Wright as a finisher rather than him than the other way around rather than Wayne Wright starting Moriarty coming on it's like Elliot D isn't it Elliot D you can argue is a better finisher than a starter ironically that match today felt like a lot of finishers not looking like starters when you look at people like Owen Watkin and obviously Elliot D didn't play but yeah I I get your point Um, 
it'd be interesting to see where they go with that. Do you see any other changes then for uh, the uh, France? I suppose it, so, it all got, depends. It all depends on injuries in the back, back line, doesn't it? Same front five, back row that like we just discussed could be one change. Yep, Garth Davis definitely scrum half. Dan Big if he's fit will be at number ten, and then uh, Pax will be twelve. Um, obviously, Liam Williams is going to feature. Then we come down to Johnson Davis' injury. Obviously, if he doesn't play, I just don't see how they've got an, Well, they've got the option they've got is you either play Watkin, start with him at centre, or you move, move George North into the centre and rejig the back three. Uh, I think Josh Adams is such a good finisher, he's got to play, so he's a, he'd be definitely in the team. Liam Williams is going to be in the team, either full back or on a wing. I suspect if North is fit, North will be in the team. At wing, Liam Williams fall back. Uh, you know, so the team, if if everyone's fit, it's going to be Johnson Davis, Parks in the centre. It's going to be the team as, as figured against the first two matches, yeah. is it? Australia and Georgia. Yeah, but I I think if there is going to be one significant change from those matches, assuming everyone's fit, Moriarty could force his way in there. What yeah. about the what about the bench? Because someone like Reese Carey might have forced their way on. Well, what about what about Locke? Carry had one good carry today when he came off the uh, off the bench. Um, Nicky Smith, he was all right. I want he scored a try and all. Um, the danger would be if Carry was on the bench and Win Jones went off early in the game and Carry had to come on for like sixty minutes against France scrummaging. You know, if France is going to win that game. They're going to have to screw. They're going to have to turn the screw at the scrum. So I think Wales be uh, very wary on Reese Carey on the bench. And you'd be gambling, in my opinion, you'd be gambling about your scrum if he was on the bench, just yeah. in the event of an injury. What about lock cover then? Because Shingler's been the lock cover for the first few games. Now we've got Adam Beard back fit, but he didn't necessarily lay down a massive marker. Yeah, I think Shingler will still be lock cover. Yeah, and I, you know, I think that's quite wise, really. Because uh, you know he's done all right when he's come on at lock, but he's such an athlete around the park. We saw that the day, and uh, you know he can he can come on in the back row as well if necessary. He can influence other areas. So I got no qualms about him being uh, covering lock. You know he's one of Wilson's best line-up forwards. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose right. we should also touch on the fact that we know what our quarterfinal is now, but so does everyone else. Everyone else knows quarterfinals. Um, Japan just beat Scotland, so oh, what a fantastic match! Great let's game. just say that you know one of the matches of the World Cup. Uh, well, Japan have featured in some good matches this World Cup, haven't they? So, uh, yeah. so yeah, I think that's great for the tournament that we're you know one of the non-established top eight, uh, you know, traditional nations has got through and it's the host and. and if they can get ball against uh, South Africa in the quarterfinal, they will give them problems yeah. uh, because they play they play such good rugby. It's all skilled and an offloading game and their fitness, uh, you know. And you could argue now with these um, with this tinkering with the title laws that actually helps them. Yeah, because the players are more able to get the ball away now, offload and all. Look at the way they look at the way they tackled against Ireland. No, oh, they're good tacklers. They're low tacklers, so. Yeah. They, they did a job on Ireland and their physicality, mm. so they'll, they'll be they'll be fancying that. And it's, yeah. I suppose it's it's just a nice. It, it's good the way the game went ahead after everything that's happened. It's 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 nice that Japan got through after sort of what they've been hit with. Obviously, I think. Yeah, absolutely. After Typhoon Agibis, yeah. it's you know the death toll is about at least twenty three now. There's plenty more missing, and you know, for all the talk of rugby, it's quite yeah, inconsequential, yeah. but. At least Japan are through to a World Cup quarter final, which I suppose is 
Well, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, it's a small consolation on what's been a tough weekend for them. Yeah, yeah, of course they will be underdogs against South Africa when it comes to the rugby. I'm still sticking with South Africa, my pre-tournament tip to win it, and I'm sticking by that. So I just think I might, <laughs> I may be wrong. I think it'll either be very close or South Africa will uh, do a job on them. So South uh, Africa to beat Japan? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll stick with, I'm sticking with, yeah, obviously I'm sticking with that. New yeah. Zealand versus Ireland? Uh, New Zealand will win that match. Yeah, Australia. Uh, mind you, Ireland got a pretty good, uh, got a good recent record against New Zealand. I do think the All Blacks are vulnerable, but I think this is a um, typical Irish World Cup where they uh, they don't seem to find their best form at World Cups. Yeah, I think they peaked. Mm. Uh, Australia, England, England. Uh, I think England have too much power for them and still do a job on them up front. But I, I wouldn't, you know, Australia. I've got some uh, uh, X-rated players who couldn't can't on a day trouble anyone and you know they they are ranked outsiders but if they ended up winning the World Cup I wouldn't be totally surprised yeah and then obviously Wales against France uh, Wales should win the game but I I, I say 60-40 game in Wales' favour if France <laughs> France you know they, but it's a quarter final and in these, these quarter finals some of them are going to be close teams are going to cancel each other out it could be just a war of attrition I think Wales could beat them in a war of attrition as long as we, Wales don't get done at the scrum what concerns me about France is some of their backs are really dangerous, penal, etc. And others, they could do some damage against Wales. I just hope they don't, if they turn up, really turn up like they did in the first half against Argentina, Wales could have, uh, you know, it's going to be a tough match for Wales. Um, even though people seem, seems to me, a lot of people think, oh, we've beaten France seven over uh, the last eight times we've played them, you know, it's an easy quarterfinal. It's not an easy quarterfinal. It's the same as in any competition. A quarterfinal is a quarterfinal. It's a knockout game, one-off match. Basically, anything anything can happen, you know. So uh, yeah, Wales are my favourites to win that, but I'm certainly not going to discount the um, French because any complacency in that squad will be dangerous. Indeed. Um, that's it then. That's the group. That's the pool stages done. Um, Forty matches done. That means there's just eight left. Potentially three more for Wales, we hope. And uh, three more weekends of rugby, and you can catch all the latest in the build up to the first of those, the quarter final against France on Wales Online. <laughs>